0: hello and welcome back to the sports ethos dfs today podcast i am your host mike apatria riding solo for this saturday spectacular value filled 10 game card we got some decent action some good action and some terrible action to talk about Uh, but like i said let it off at the top a ton of value to talk about so it's looking like it might be one of those stars and scrubs type slates ones that i like i'm always interested in those slates those are the ones i i think i thrive the best on i did fairly well doing the same game theory yesterday uh, i think i finished my single entries had about 343 dk points uh top 15 in a lot of my single entries and that was with two duds bones highland crushed me and i got crushed by firk non-cork moss so it is what it is we're still ended the profitable still looking to turn the page kind of keep that momentum going Uh, But before we jump into anything, quick shout out to our presenting sponsor over at Thrive Fantasy. Guys, come prop up with us over at Thrive Fantasy this NBA season. Thrive is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 of 20 available player prop bets to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and win your share of a prize pool. Thrive has over 50000 in guaranteed prizes weekly for the NBA and has awarded over $6 million so far. Head over there. When you sign up, use that promo code ETHOS, and you will receive a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100. That's ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S. Download Thrive Fantasy in the App Store, Play Store, or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop today. First game on the docket: Memphis Grizzlies traveling to Charlotte, taking on the Hornets. The Hornets are on the second half of a back-to-back, so we have no injury report for them. But for the Grizzlies, Dylan Brooks, Tyrell Terry, Killian Hayes, Xavier Tillman all ruled out. We'll check Vegas to see what the game line looks like. It's coming in at a whopping 234 and a half, with Charlotte being favored by seven and a half points. We'll start off here with the Grizzlies. They are the favorites. They are the away team. And it is a fantastic matchup for these guys. John Morant coming in at the top tier 10-5 price tag. Uh, Obviously, John Morant, he's a stud, uh, making his first all-star appearance this season. Looks like a bona fide stud on the slate as well. Now, 10-5 is an expensive price tag. There is a few guards in that range. I just prefer ever so slightly more. But I say that. With not so much confidence. I mean, this is a fantastic matchup for Ja. He should be able to absolute smash here. We know that the Hornets' defense is putrid. He put up almost 60 DK points on them earlier in the season. A lot going his way. Now, if you wanted to go the Ja Morant way, I would not fault you one bit. Again, I just think that there's two other point guards around that same price tag that I just like ever so slightly more. Now, some other options that we could talk about. Jaron Jackson Jr., 7-2. For everything I just said about Ja, it all goes towards Jaron as well. We know that the Hornets give up one of the highest percentages to three-point attempts. Uh, And Jared is not afraid to step out and take a few himself as a big man. He put up 37 DK points on this team earlier in the season, and I'd expect it close to another 35. But at 7-2, you need him to really get you that 35 to 40, which he's most certainly capable of. Uh, I'm keeping him in my player pool. If I'm looking to attack this team, it would probably be with him or with Desmond Bain. I think both those guys are pretty much priced appropriately. Bain's been kind of trying to get things together over the past few games, playing limited minutes. But granted, all those games were absolute blowouts. So over the past three, it was a 132 to 107, 135 to 109, and a 135 to 115. So while the you know the Grizzlies have been just pouring points on other teams, they haven't needed to really push these guys to the limit. And this could be a spot where, you know, maybe people kind of look at that game log and they say, well, he's not playing the minutes. Uh, there's a reason he hasn't been playing the minutes. They haven't needed to play him the minutes. So those are probably the two primary options. If you want to take a flyer on Steven Adams, who's been playing great lately, I wouldn't fault you there. It's just know that the minutes are kind of up and down. He's been playing, again, one of those other guys, limited minutes over the past few games. Uh, I expect that this game stays close. He's probably seeing closer to that 28 to 30-minute mark. On to the other side of the ball with the Hornets. For as great of a matchup and a high of total this game is, I don't have all the all that much interest in, in a lot of these guys. It's just a 10-game slate. There's a lot of options and places we can go. Lamello coming in at 9-4. He's always in play if he's under that 10K mark. I had plenty of shares of him yesterday, and it worked out well for me. Uh, back-to-back 60 DK point games. And all that's there. Ranted. He struggled against his team earlier in the season. Shot 5 of 13. Almost triple-doubled, though. So if the shooting gets a little bit better, you're probably looking at another 50 DK points. Uh, It is a Stars and Scrubs type matchup. So if you wanted to go with two studs and be able to slide in LaMelo, I think you have the money to do so. He's probably one of the only options I'm looking at. But anytime I am looking at LaMelo, I'm also looking at Rozier as the pivot, who always draws much, much lower ownership. He's coming off of a triple-double, so maybe that's not the case on tonight's slate. Uh, But those are the only two options I really have any interest in. It's almost like one of those situations when Derek White was on the Spurs, where if I'm playing a lot of DeJounte Murray, I'm probably going to have a couple lineups with Derek White. That's how I look at it with Lamelo and Brozier. We'll move on to the next game, one that I expect this, uh, to have a lot more ownership in. Sacramento Kings traveling to Washington, taking on the Wizards here. For the Kings, Terrence Davis has been ruled out. Mo Harkless is questionable for the Wizards. Bradley Beal, Daniel Gafford, both remain out. This game with another pretty high game total looks like it's coming in at 221 and a half. Sacramento being favored by one and a half points. I think I said Charlotte was favored in that last one. I was uh, I said that mistaken. It is Memphis favored by seven and a half points. My fault. Uh, and then for Sacramento, let's start off here. Sabonis made his debut with the Kings in that last one and did not slow down one bit. Ten and 19, 22 and fourteen and five put up forty-eight and a half DK points. I love Sabonis in this matchup. It's just that simple. It uh, looks like he's going to continue to play a majority of the center minutes over there and see a lot of time. I'm sure he will slide over the five, play alongside Rashawn Holmes here and there. Don't get me wrong. But as long as this dude's playing the center position, you got to have some love for him. This dude's going to continue to crush on a night-to-night basis. Uh, I'm absolutely looking forward to him in this spot. It's, there's just no doubt about it. I think if he's under 10K, which we won't see too much more going forward with the rest of the season, you got to have him interested. Washington is pretty putrid against opposing centers. Daniel Gafford remains out, and he's their best defensive center. Uh, Yes, they just got Chris Stops, but I imagine we see a decent amount of Chris Stops uh, at the five in this position. But going forward, he'll probably be primarily playing a little bit of the four as well. Slide Kuzma down to the three. Nonetheless, Sabonis is one of my top spend-ups on this slate. Uh, and I think you, if you if you don't want to spend up on him, if you want to spend up on a LaMelo around a similar price tag or go somewhere else that we'll talk about on the slate, I wouldn't fault you. I think Fox, with no Halliburton there, is now in a fantastic spot at 7.8. He's another guy that's price tag should continue to climb north of 8K. Uh, I think at 7.8, it's a great price tag. And the dude looked very good in that last one. 20 shot attempts, shot 10 to 20 in the game. He's been now shooting 50% or higher over the past five games. He's starting to get right. And at this price tag... He's put up at least 46.5 DK points in four of the last five games. Yeah, sign me up. I'm good with that. I'm going to have a ton of Fox. If I'm not playing it's a bonus, it's going to have Fox. I'll probably even have both in some of my lineups. And then the only other options I'm really considering right now would be Davion Mitchell at 57. The price tag is appropriate. It's fair. It's If anything, maybe I'd like him a little better at 54, 55. But with no Halliburton there, you should continue to see north of 30 minutes. He is a very versatile game. He'll get you assists. He'll get you some decent boards at the guard position. uh, And we always know that he's probably good for right around a steal. So for a guy that I think will probably get right around 30 to 35 DK points, probably say more of the 30, absolutely in play. And then always worth the dart throw of Justin Holliday. We got to see how the minutes shake out for him now that we're getting some of these bodies back. But at 4,500, not terrible. I just prefer the other three much more. On the Washington side of things. For just as good of a matchup it is for Sacramento, it's just as good for Washington. Kyle Kuzma looks like he's going to be the steam engine that could in this team now going forward. Chris Topps is expected to be available, but he triple-doubled to the last one at 7,900. I absolutely have some interest in Kuzma. There's nothing more you need to say. When Bradley Beal's off the floor, this guy has an upside of 50 to 53 DK points. The uh, floor of probably, I mean, we've seen a couple barn burner games where it was 72 to 20. I don't expect this game to get out of hand. Uh, it's usually only the blowouts that we're really going to be looking at him getting anything less than 30 uh, and upwards of 50. So sign me up for some coups. Now, Chris Christops is the biggest dart throw probably on the slate next to another guy that we're going to talk about in this same side of the ball. But at 7,100, that's just way too cheap for Chris Tops. It's a fantastic matchup. He has the motivation of coming to a new team, wanting to exert himself and show what he can do. only question that we have is, What's the incentive to play in Chris big minutes? There really isn't one. Washington's kind of been a little lackluster. They're still in the hunt for one of the seedings and playing game and everything else. Uh, but with that being said, it's always a risk when you play Kristaps, especially when he's coming off of the knee soreness that made him miss five games. Now, did the knee soreness make him miss like four or five games? Or was it the fact that this dude was on the block and that they maybe subliminally knew that they were trading him? I don't know. I don't have that answer. He's in play. I think he's a pivot off of Kuzma. I think that you could look at both of these guys, but just know that there's always going to be some inherent risk when it comes to Porzingis. And then the other two guys I want to talk about would be Denny. Now, at 4K, he played a solid amount of minutes in that last one. 32 minutes, shot 5-11, put up 24 and a half DK points. He is a value play I'm interested in. I have no issues looking at him. And I want to see what happens with this point guard position, because now we saw Raul Neto draw the start in place uh, of Spencer Dinwiddie being traded. He played 31 minutes, shot 7-9, put up 30 DK points. It looked fantastic. But... One of the pieces that did come over to Washington is Ish Smith. He's 3,500. Now, who starts? I don't know. Um, I think it might actually end up being Ish. Now, if Ish starts, I assume he's going to play at least 26 to 28 minutes, possibly even more. And I'd have a ton of interest in Ish Smith at 3,500. Very, very fast player, a guy that could easily rack up points and assists pretty quickly. So just keep your eye on that point guard position. Because I think whoever does draw that start is most certainly in play. My hunch is it's going to be-ish. Next game, San Antonio Spurs traveling to New Orleans, taking on the Pelicans. The last of the 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time games. Another fancy friendly game that we're going to have a decent amount of exposure to. We'll start over here with the San Antonio Spurs, who do not have an injury report available for us. They are in the second half of back-to-back. And then for the Pelicans, we know that Kara Lewis Jr., Larry Dance, Zion all ruled out. Now, for the Spurs, DeJounte Murray coming off of a monster game at 10-4. I mentioned at the top of the show, I did fairly well last night. Well, that was a foundation built around DeJounte Murray, Lamella Ball, and Joel Embiid going that stars and scrubs approach. And I'm going right back to the well with DeJounte Murray. He put up a 32-point triple-double, 32-15-10 and with four steals, 80 DK points. This is a fantastic matchup for him. Now, if you were in the chat or if you listen to the shows very often, read my stuff. I love to target two point guards specifically with other point guards. It is Trey Young, who we faced off with against last night and put up a monster game. The other being Devontae Graham. Both those guys absolutely terrible on defense. And Murray already dropped about 50 DK points with a triple-double on Graham earlier in the season. 10-4 is not nearly as high as this price tag is going to be. It's going to go north of 11 k With Derek White out, he's pretty much the primary facilitator. He's going to be the number one cog on offense. This dude is going to do it all, and he's going to continue just thriving like he has been all season long. Sign me up. 10-4, my favorite stud on the slate. I'm sure he'll be highly owned. Don't get me wrong but I'm going to go right back there and eat that. I'm going to differentiate with the value. I think if you have studs in play that you want to play, don't be shy of playing them due to ownership because there's so much value on this slate where we're going to be able to differentiate, uh, did I say that terribly? Differentiate in so many different ways. Now, Vassal was another guy that I had in my lineups last night. I'll go right back to the well with him at 4,200. He'll continue to play big minutes. He'll probably be third, I would imagine maybe even second on some nights in shot attempts Uh, back to back games of at least 28 minutes Game started getting out of hand uh, towards the end of the fourth quarter. I imagine he's playing 30-plus minutes on a regular night. Uh, and then we can also look, I think, of Jakob Purtle at 7,200. He absolutely smashed in this matchup early in the season, put up 49 DK points. He should see close to 30 minutes. Now, Zach Collins may start to eat into that just ever so slightly. But I still think Purtle is the better option and should continue to see at least 30 minutes on a night-to-night basis. With Collins playing a little bit of the 4 and 5, he'll probably see his way to 20 to 22. On the Pelican side of the ball, for everything I love on this side, I'm not as interested over here. I think to, uh, Brandon Ingram is way too high priced at 8800 now with having another offensive option like McCollum in that lineup. McCollum should continue to see close to 15 to 20 shot attempts on a night-to-night basis, which just eats into the usage of Ingram, eats into the ball handling responsibility of Ingram. So I'm uh, probably all good with Ingram. I wouldn't mind taking a stab at McCollum here and there, but I think when it's all said and done, It's going to be tough to find my way in that mid-range price tag, and I think I'd much rather just have Fox for $100 more. And then Joe Val's always in play for his usage and his upside. Don't get me wrong. Uh, 7-5 is a very, very fair price tag for him. He put up 40 DK points against the Spurs earlier in the season, so certainly he's probably my favorite target to look at on this Pelican side of the ball. On to the next game. Cleveland traveling to Philly. Taking on... The Sixers. For the injury report, we do not have one for either team. They are both on the second half of back to backs. Now, what does Vegas think? Is the real question here. And we're looking at a 206 game total, with Philly being favored by four points. We'll start off here with Cleveland. Darius Garland looks like he'll probably sit out another game. He rested, or not, he didn't really rest. He was unavailable due to the back injury. And that's the injury that forced him to miss about four games. Uh, the week prior, and then tried to come back. Looks like he re it, or it's just not right there uh, and all back yet. And we saw Caris draw the start for him at 8,400. He's in play. I just prefer Fox. I probably even prefer maybe even McCollum over him. So I don't see myself really going there. If anything, I'm going to go to his backup and Rajon Rondo. 4K, I think he comes in at a solid, uh, solid value. Played 33 minutes in that last one. Played 32 in the game against Indiana. And Rondo's a point-per-minute machine. In both those games where he played 30-plus minutes, he scored 40-plus DK points. He's one of my favorite values on the slate at 4K. As long as he's playing 30 or even 28 minutes, he's going to have no problem paying off that 4K price tag. So sign me up for some Rondo. If you want to look at the front court, wouldn't fault you. I probably would not, just knowing that they're going against Joel Embiid. Any one of these guys are going to be available to get into foul trouble, which leads me to maybe having some extra shares of Kevin Love at 7,100. Kevin Love has been tremendous this season. There's no doubt about it. Uh, he's probably going to be one of the candidates for sixth man of the year. And as long as this dude's playing that mid 20 to uh, the low 30 minutes, he has the upside of 40 DK points. Now, he kind of needs to get that at 7,100. We're looking for at least 35. Uh, and I think he's fully capable of that, just a little risk that comes inherent with him. He's right in that Kristop's forcing range and joins him with the riskier power forwards who have plenty of upside, but wouldn't shock me if they end up giving you 22 DK points. On the Philly side of the ball. Probably not playing anyone over here. If you want to go back to the well with Korkmaz, I wouldn't fault you just because he's going to be playing the minutes. Uh, It's just whether or not he does anything with him. Only two shot attempts in that last one. We really didn't see what we wanted to see. But any game that we could see him get 10-13, to he's looking at north of 20 DK points. So I think I prefer Rondo at that same price tag almost. So I probably won't fall on him as much as I did yesterday. It just happened to work that he rounded out my lineups. Uh, So proceed with caution. Next game, Denver Nuggets traveling to Toronto. Taking on the Raptors. We saw Bones Highland draw the start in that last one. So we're not going to have the injury report right here for the Nuggets, for the Raptors, though. Uh, Fred VanVleet is questionable. He missed that last game due to groin soreness. And he could be in danger of missing in this one as well. No one ever wants to get rushed back from a groin injury. It's something that can easily be re-aggravated and cause some problems down the line. So I will start here with the Nuggets. Like I said, Bones, Tyler, Drew, that start, the last one, became everyone's favorite chalk play in DFS last night. I had plenty of them, and it burned us all. He only played 18 minutes. We saw Composite play a decent amount of minutes as well. But the big story is Malone coming out after the game and saying he should have played Bones more. He should have put Bones back in that lineup. He should have finished the game with them, and he didn't. And he thinks that was a big reason why they lost to the Celtics. Now, with all that being said, I imagine he doesn't make the same mistake twice in a row. So do not be afraid of going – Back to the well with Bones. I think that we're seeing close to 25 to 30 minutes out of him in this one. I think Malone tries to make up for the mistake. Bones' energy and everything that he's able to provide on the offensive end is second to none compared to Capazzo. They're night and day. Capazzo might be a little bit better on defense. Capazzo might be the better passer. But Bones is an offensive stud. I have no issues. At 3,500, I think he will draw little to no ownership just because of how many people he burned and all the other value available. He makes for a great GPP value play. Uh, maybe not the safest because we've seen that floor. We've seen the 18 minutes out of him, that last one. But when you're talking about pure ownership standpoint, I don't think as many people are going to go back to the well in him compared to some of these other guys I've talked about, like a Rondo. Probably not going to be playing a ton of Jokic, but again, great bounce-back spot for Jokic. In a down game, he put up 65 DK points. I think 11-7 is too cheap for him. This dude should be over 12K like Luka is. So when you're talking about uh, studs worth spending up on, Absolutely in there. I think looking at, it's going to be tough to get like him, Murray, and Sabonis. But if you probably hit that min salary button a few times, you might be able to get there. Uh, don't worry about it, though. I think if you want to just go with two of them, but maybe you hit on the mid-tier with somebody else, that might be feasible as well. But this is a great bounce back spot for Jokic. He beat himself up over uh, the nine turnovers in that last game. He said that him and Will Barton were probably the primary reasons they lost this game. Expect them to come out fired up. Toronto now. Depends on VanVleet players. If VanVleet plays, I'm probably not going to be interested in all that much over here. VanVleet sits. I think we go back to the well with somebody like Gary Trent Jr. I don't love that price tag at 7K. When it's all said and done, I probably won't end up with too many shares of them. Now, with that being said, if you want to, I wouldn't fault you one bit, and I would expect to see increased run from Delano Banton if we see VanVleet sit and Banton is just another solid point-per-minute option. He gets about 20 minutes a night with no Van Vliet in there. And he should be looking at probably roughly around 18 to 25 DK points. Next game, OKC Thunder traveling to Chicago, taking on the Bulls here. For the injury report, we'll start here with... Actually, we won't start anywhere. Duh, both of them on back-to-backs. No injury report available. Uh, for a game total online, line, 220. Chicago being favored by a whopping 13 points, which is the second largest spread on the slate, which probably tells you all you need to know. We're really just going to be looking at this game for value in my uh, in my eyes. And I don't mind going right back to the well with Pokemon. That is Alexei Pukaveski. Dude has been playing the minutes that we've all been hoping to see. Now, the game didn't get out of hand until later on. But it's back to back games of 30 plus minutes. He's shooting the ball well over the past five games. He hasn't had a game less than shooting 55%. All the other ones are north of 60%. per minute machine, 3,800. There's probably safer value out there. But for a guy that has small forward and power forward eligibility, very similar to Vassal, his ownership will probably be lower than Vassal's, is what I imagine. Uh, Vassell, I apologize. I expect to see big things out of this dude for the remainder of the season. They're pretty much in full-on tank mode. And with that being said, they're going to just try to get this guy as much experience as they possibly could. He's a very versatile big, block shots, get steals, step out, hit three-pointers. And he's also got a sneaky little handle for the ball where he's not you know, opposed to dishing out four to five assists. Uh, I'm all about Pachoweski. He's definitely one of my favorite value plays on the slate. With that being said, there's 15 value plays on this slate that we could choose from. And then if you're looking for the pivot off of him, somebody that's going to draw much, much lower ownership is going to be Ken Rich Williams. Back-to-back games with 10-plus rebounds. The games prior to that, 7, 5, and 6. He's dealing the ball a little bit with 4, 6, and 5 assists over the past three games. And he's not afraid to take a couple shots here and there. And hasn't really been efficient from behind the three-point line out of his past 13 shot attempts from deep. He's only made two of those. Had he hit some more threes, he'd probably be looking at 30-plus DK points at three straight games. He has at least 27.5 DK points in four of the last five. So those are the two guys I'd be looking at on OKC and on Chicago. Not a lot of interest anywhere, to be honest. Uh, I think that these guys are all priced appropriately. They're all spent up appropriately. I think that there's better options for the you know those price ranges all around the slate. So I will not be playing anybody from Chicago. I will cross them straight off. Four games left. Brooklyn traveling to Miami taking on the Heat. For the Nets, LaMarcus Aldridge, Nick Claxton, Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, Ben Simmons, all ruled out. Seth Curry, Andre Drummond are questionable due to the trade pending. For the Heat, Tyler Hero, Caleb Martin, P.J. Tucker, all questionable. Victor Oladipo, Victor Oladipo Markeef Morris have both been ruled out. This game has one of the larger spreads on the slate again. 219.5 game total, but Miami being favored by 10. So this is the third highest spread only next to Phoenix and Orlando in that game that we just talked about with Chicago at OKC. Now, I'll start off here with Brooklyn. I think there's going to be some good options to look at. Kyrie Irving at 10-2. No, thank you. He has the upside. He becomes maybe a pivot off of some of those other guards that we've talked about with DeJounte, with Morant, with Curry, who we'll get to. He only shot 9-22 in that last one. We know he has the upside of 50, but I'm looking for guys that have a better chance of getting me 60 at that price range, which I think there's several of on this slate. I prefer DeJounte over him, so I just don't see myself going to Irving. I wouldn't fault you if you did. If I was going to go anywhere, though, it's going to be Andre Drummond, depending on if he's able to play, obviously. But if he's able to play at 4,500, sign me up. I-, I am good for that value. Now, this is a very, very tough matchup for opposing centers going into Miami and then going against Bam Adebayo. With that being said, 4,500 for Andre Drummond playing potentially 30-plus minutes or 25-plus minutes even is way too cheap. With no Claxton, it kind of just makes me feel like it's pretty secure knowing he's going to see the majority of the center minutes once he's able to play. Now they could end up sliding Blake Griffin over there, but we saw early on in the season, Blake Griffin's pretty much been a break glass in case of emergency guy. He was one of the guys that they made sure they wanted back in this trade uh, when they traded it for Ben Simmons simply because they needed some size, they needed some weight in that center position, so definitely interested in Andre Drummond. And with that being said, I think you could definitely take a look at Seth Curry. If he is able to suit up, uh, he's 5,200. They're going to need some offensive firepower on this team. With Seth Curry, if he does play, it pretty much eliminates Cam Thomas from my player pool. I will not be going back to that well. I hope other people do chase that. But Seth Curry is certainly going to play over Cam Thomas for as good as Cam's been over the past four games when he played 28 plus minutes. He has not had a game less than 28 TK points, three of which he had more than 36 TK points. Now, it's just bottom line. Seth Curry is a better player than Cam Thomas. Uh, he's a better shooter. They're going to get him more involved. And I just don't think that we'll see those types of minutes from him. If Seth is able to play on the Miami side of the ball. Two options. That I'm very, I mean, three options that we have to talk about are always Jimmy Butler, Bam and Kyle Lowry. But in my circumstances and my builds, I'm looking at more of Bam and Kyle Lowry Kyle Lowry coming off of a monster triple double against guess who? Devonte Graham. Boom, boom. Dejounte Murray. A little love right there again. Uh, 6,800 is just too cheap for Kyle Lowry. We've seen this upside. Brooklyn's defense is atrocious lately. He's got that 30 to 40 point floor. In my opinion, we've seen a couple games where he's been less than that. Don't get me wrong, but I'm thinking he's got about a 30 point floor in this matchup and a 40 point ceiling. Sign me up. I'm good with some Kyle Lowry. And then bam out of bio should absolutely continue to eat. He's only 8,500. He should probably be 9k. He was 9k over the past three games pretty much at nine, nine and 89. Now all of a sudden we're getting a $500 discount. When he's uh, put up about 50 DK points in two of the last three. So the discount doesn't make sense. We'll take advantage of it. I'm good with it. Those two guys are the two primary options I'm looking at. Not much more that we need to talk about over there. Next game, LA Clippers rematching. Dallas, where we saw that big monster career high from Luka. 51 points. Actually going to this game. So if you are a member of our Discord and you're wondering why I'm not in there, that is why. I'm excited. I'll be heading off to this game later on tonight. But enough of me. Dallas Mavericks, Marquise Chris, Tim Hardaway Jr., both ruled out. For the Clippers, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Jason Preston, Jay Scrub, all ruled out. Norman Powell is questionable dealing with turf toe. And if anybody knows what turf toe is, not a fun injury. Not fun to play through. Definitely impacts your game significantly. 213.5 game total. Dallas favored by 6.5 points. We'll start off here with LA. We thought that it was going to be the Hart and Side show. They shipped out a Baca. Hart and Side played eight minutes so fool me once shame on me' it was a shame on you fool me yeah fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me he's a GPP play at best now the minutes could be there for him I'm not going to go back to the well though we have so much value available that just feels a little bit safer more secure that I don't think we need to chase and just hope that he gets the minutes because we now we've seen the downside we've seen what could go wrong and I'm just not willing to bet on that not really interested in anybody I, I'm going to be going to this game. I just don't see myself having a lot of shares in uh, in DFS for it, though. On the Dallas side of the ball, Luka's always in play at 12-1. He's Luka magic. There's no doubt about it. I'm hoping that he has another monster game. Don't get me wrong. He's averaging 65 DK points against this team, 75 in that last one. But I think I prefer to spend up on Jokic over him. Uh, DeJounte, I like a lot more. Curry, I think I like a little bit more, just based on price. So I just don't see myself going there. And with that being said, you know, you could take a stab at Spencer Dinwiddie if he's able to shoot up uh, at 6K. I probably won't, though. I just don't know what kind of role he's going to have, considering that Brunson and Donchick are significantly better ball handlers. Uh, he's probably going to be playing a little bit more off ball, and he's also not the greatest shooter. So all set there, I think the only thing that might be worth mentioning is if we see Davis Bertans plays uh, and possibly draws a start at 3,600, I'd have interest in Bertans. If not, comes off the bench. I think Kleber is an option. Uh, But for the most part, I think Bertans is the guy that I'll have an interest in. Just a little bit risky because we don't know what that role is going to be. But, hey, uh, they traded for him. He was the major piece next to Dinwiddie that came back. Got to play him. Got to use him. Very versatile. If he gets minutes, we know that he can hit threes. Next game, L.A. Lakers traveling to Golden State. This is going – well, I'm sure when they made this – Made this schedule. This was supposed to be one of the premier matchups uh, of the night. We'll just, start, we'll just say that. We'll start off here with the injury report. For the Lakers, Carmelo Anthony, Sekou, Mason Jones, Kendrick Nunn, all ruled out. LeBron and Westbrook, both questionable. Davis is probable. And then for Golden State, Draymond, Andre Iguodala, James Wiseman, and Quindary Weatherspoon have all been ruled out. This game is coming in at a 224 game total. Golden State is being favored by seven points in this one. We'll start off here with the Lakers. Kind of hard to give an analysis on them just yet because we don't know what's going on, who's going to be available, and who's playing. Nonetheless, if Westbrook sits, I'll have interest in Malik Monk, a little bit more interest in LeBron. If Westbrook plays, I probably won't be playing any of these guys. I think that I'd much rather just play DeJounte Murray over LeBron. Uh, I'd much rather play Steph on the other side of the ball over LeBron. LeBron's got a safer floor than Steph, but... You know, While they both have the upsides, I think Curry's more likely to hit that upside in this type of matchup more often. And that's it. Outside of those three guys, I don't think I'm really going to be going anywhere. I think Davis is always in play as well if he wanted to go that way. But with him only having center eligibility, it kind of takes him off my board. On the Golden State State side of things, I have been talking about Steph at 10-3. It's a little too cheap for Steph. It's just that simple. He's finally starting to get cooking again, put a 57 DK points against the Knicks, 66 against Houston. The other three were kind of mediocre and not going to get it done for us. So he is a little bit more volatile, but he also did put up 58 DK points against his Lakers team earlier. Uh, I love targeting point guards in pretty much any position going against the Lakers. He triple doubled against them while shooting 24%. He was five of 21 against the Lakers earlier this season and put up 58 DK points. Now imagine if he hits 40, maybe even 50% of those shots. We're looking at it like a 70 to 65 point game pretty easily. Uh Probably my third favorite stud to spend up on. I think it goes Murray, Sabonis, then Curry. That simple for me. Obviously, I think Jokic is in there if you have the money to afford him. But all these guys that I just mentioned prior to Jokic are very, very affordable. Just finds it a little easier to get to. But granted, the value is pretty much all over the place. And I think we have a lot of it at the guard position. So depending on your build, Curry is still definitely an option. Play Thompson at 6,600. He's still going to be playing around that 30-minute mark. Still too cheap. Look at at least 34 DK points in three out of the last four games. His high in that was against Sacramento, where he put up 42.25. He always cooks Sacramento. I think all shooting guards do. Uh, both those guys are most certainly in play for me. And that's probably the only options I'm really interested in. Can't trust Porter Jr.'s minutes at the moment with him just dealing with some nagging injuries. Final game of the night, Orlando Magic traveling to Phoenix, taking on the Suns. This game has the largest spread of the night, 15.0 Spread 15 and a half. I'm sorry, might be one of the higher point spreads I've ever seen uh, for the season. Uh, so, not ever, but this season 225 game total. So, they are expected to be some buckets to go back and forth for the Magic ball ball, Markel Fultz, RJ Hampton, Jonathan Isaac, Moe Wagner, all rolled out. And then for the Suns, the usual suspects Landry Shemet, Dario Sarge, Campaign, and Frank Kaminsky, all rolled out. Yeah, I'm probably crossing this game off. It doesn't feel great knowing it's a late game, um, just is what it is. Don't trust anyone. I don't want to spend up. I think everybody's kind of priced appropriately on the Orlando side of the ball. If you're maybe playing it as a just complete low ownership type matchup, you're going to want to get pieces on both sides. And if that's the case, I'd probably be leaning with Mo Bamba at 4800 I think that's a little too cheap for Mo Bamba. I think even with the potential blowout, he could pay that off. And then maybe Cole Anthony. Only two options on Orlando I'd even consider. On the Phoenix side of the ball, I mean, it would probably be Aiton at 6700 That's too cheap for Aiden. It would probably be Chris Paul again at 9200 That's a fair price for Paul. But again, if this game stays close. These guys are going to do fantastic. Paul's coming off of 19 assist games, 17, 19, and 7. I believe that is a season-high for him in assists, if I'm not mistaken. Those are the only two guys I'm really looking at. And that wraps, wraps it up. That brings us home. A 10-game slate in 32 minutes. So... Now we will get to everyone's favorite part, everyone's favorite section, our player tier segment. And when I say our, I mean mine because I'm by myself today, which, as you know, means I am going to give out two plays for each tier. So for the top tier, DeJounte Murray at 10-4. Uh, you heard me talk about him all night long. I will stick with it. I will go back to the well with that. He absolutely cooked in that last one. Going against another terrible defensive point guard in Devontae Graham, who just got cooked for a triple-double by Kyle Lowry. He triple-doubled on them earlier in the season. 10-4 is too cheap for DeJounte Murray with no Derek White. Sign me up. And then my other expensive one would probably be DeMondis Sabonis at 9-6. I love Sabonis when he's getting the center minutes. He's got power forward eligibility due to this King's offense, but he will become acclimated sooner rather than later. Very versatile big. Sign me up. I do like me some Sabonis. Now, I I mentioned probably could have went with Curry, probably could have went with Jokic, but those are the four guys. I'm going to do my best to try to get three of them. In my lineups, and I was able to do it yesterday, including Embiid. So I don't see why I'm not going to be able to do it tonight with just as much, if not more, value. Bring me to the mid tier now. Talk about guys that are between 5K and 7-9, and I think at the top of that list has to be De'Aaron Fox. Dude's been just studding it up, shooting at least 50% over the past few games, knowing that there's no Tyrese Halliburton, gives him the increase in assists, gives him the increase in usage. Sign me up, Darren Fox. I love him in the mid-tier. And I think I'll go with Kyle Lowry at 6,800. Had a couple other options. I was thinking about doing Porzingis, but Porzingis is just a little bit too risky. Uh, same thing with Kuzma. I think at 7, nine, I think he was a great option as well. But with Porzingis there, I just don't know how this offense is going to flow. I think if I'm targeting Washington, it would be with the point guards. So I'll go Kyle Lowry at 6, eight. So many point guards to talk about. So many point guards to consider on this slate. The Bottom line, I mean, we could play four because some of them do have shooting guard eligibility. But three is probably what we're looking at. we got to see what happens, though. And then the coveted value. There is so much of it. Where do we go? i got to give three, maybe even four value plays that I'm interested in on tonight's slate. And now a couple of them have caveats because we don't know what is going on. Now, Andre Drummond at 4,500, I think is an excellent play if we see that he draws that start. Sign me up. Rajan Rondo is a guy that we don't need to worry about anything happening. I think at 4K, he's in play no matter what. He should play 28 to 30 minutes again. Sign me up. Ish Smith, if he draws that start at 3,500, somebody that might fly under the radar, not get a lot of ownership. But if he draws that start, he should be looking at probably about 28, 30 minutes pretty comfortably. Neto thrives in that bench role where I'd see him playing the other 18 to 20 minutes off the bench. Sign me up. And then if we're looking at just some of these other caveat guys, some guys that will draw low ownership. Thailand, Thailand, little bounce back game. Denny, lower ownership. Bertans, if he draws a start, I think all those guys are certainly in play. But the man of the hour has to be Paco who just continues to play 30 plus minutes, regardless of the game script, regardless of blowout and anything that happens. And he's a great point per minute guy. Boom. I could have said said there's so much value. So pick your poison. Do it based on build. Based on build. Whatever makes you feel like you have the best built lineup that you feel the most comfortable with, because we have it at every position obviously you're get to maybe throw one guy in there if you're playing large field GPPs who you don't expect to draw a ton of ownership. I don't think any of these guys are going to necessarily be incredible chalk. You can go any way you want with it. This is a very, very fun site to play. One that I'm not going to have a ton of shares of just because I'm going to be at the game. I'm not going to be able to watch the news. I'm going to be slugging beers, getting ready to watch Luka Magic. So if I'm not going to be there on my computer monitoring the news, it's it's kind of tough for me to be totally invested. I'll have one or two. Uh, different lineups out there I'll probably do a decent amount of single entries but if you're not there and you're not ready to watch the news and see who's starting you don't want to go too crazy so as we always say thank you for listening that was the D- uh, the DFS Today podcast now we're going to slide over to our Thrive Fantasy picks of the night and by myself I will always give two So now when I'm looking at this slate, I think there's a lot of rock solid options. I think that we could go many of which different ways. I think that looking at that Nikola Jokic, 47 and a half point total with points, rebounds and assists on a nice bounce back spot. I like that. 105 points. We're getting a little bit of a boom right there. So I'll take that one. I have no issues looking there. And then I think another one that we could look at would be Steph Curry's 27 and a half points at 110. They're going to need some Curry ball. And I think that this could have about 30 points written on it for Steph Curry. Now, uh, if you're looking for some safer ones, the mellow balls assist, six and a half. I feel good about that, but it's only worth 80. So, got to risk it for the biscuit a little bit over here. Thank you guys for listening and joining me on this Saturday afternoon. As always, give me a follow at Mike Patria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Join us in the Discord. Get that DFS pass over here. It's for only $4.99 a month where you get the behind-the-scene articles. You'll get access to the Discord where you can ask us questions leading up to the lock. It's usually me, it's usually Keith Cork in there handling stuff. But we always have some guest appearances by like DJ Sammy Capps, by your favorite Harris Kermani. Santino jumps in here and there as well. So we're always giving advice and answering questions as we lead up the lock, dropping the news if we see anything that happens. Uh, if you were in there, you would have saw that we were talking about O'Shea Brissett long before he got announced to starter. So Make sure you guys join us in there. And then also give us a thumbs up, five stars, subscribe, wherever you are listening, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, you name it. We are there. We do appreciate it. If you subscribe, you will get that notification as soon as the podcast drops. We are one of the only shows that does a daily podcast, seven days a week, and you can find us on weekends as well, nice and early, not leading up to lock, but you can start your build with us on every Saturday and Sunday morning. So I recommend it. And then give us a five-star Leave a little comment. We always love that. Makes us feel good. We'll be back tomorrow. It will be now a little switch in the show. Harris Kamani will now start be doing our Sunday podcast, but it'll still be Santino writing that article. So thank you guys. As always, take care and let's go crush some uh, tournaments. I think this is a great slate to do it. Later.